Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So what do you think? It's showtime. Welcome to another episode of Showtime. I'm your host, Jason Madison. As always, joined by my co-hosts, Bethany Anderson and Anthony Mays. What up, guys? Time for training camp, y'all. Hey, we in Palm Springs. That's we right. in Palm Springs, Dry baby. Out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got the new episode of Winning Time. Who the fuck is Jack McKinney? It's a great right. question. Who is he? We find out a lot about Jack in this episode. But first, we start off with our favorite philanderer, the playboy himself, Dr. Jerry Buss. Getting it in everywhere, every which away. At El Cholo, the famous Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. We start the cold open. He's got him a nice hottie at the table with him. And his ex-wife pulls up with the kids. 
So that was my first question. Is, are they ex-wife at that point? Uh, that's a great. No, I guess not. I guess not. So, so the girl that he's with is Ginger. You know, Ginger. a nice redhead girl, and she says, "Your wife seems nice." Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess they just have some sort of agreement, like, yeah, I'm married, and this is what it is, and you just met my wife and kids. Not for too much longer, right? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> at this point, so he has a, he has an entanglement going on right now. Oh boy! Oh <laughs> boy! And uh, you know, with that, he is uh, he's getting a little freaky underneath the table. Gets entangled in those panties, Jay. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Man, he knows. That's a wild. That's a wild move, yo. <laughs> yeah. Was I the only one taken aback at like the hair? I don't know what it is about like modern, you know, vaginas, but we don't see hair that often. Mm, so when he right. moved the panties to the side, it just looked like more fabric. <laughs> I, I oh. thought it was until you said something right now. I gotta go rewatch that scene after inspect yeah. it further. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> you know, slow it down, pause it a couple times, get a good yeah. look, Jason. Yeah, I gotta frame by frame to prove that thing. Exactly <laughs> what we're working with there. Yeah. But yeah, he's all up in it. Jeannie sees, <laughs> poor Jeannie. She's got to overcome a lot about her dad as we know that she she had magic thinking she was ginger herself last right. episode. <laughs> yeah, so Jeannie, Jeannie walks right up to him while he's uh, fingering the girl at the table and she's just standing there in disbelief, shock, Oh. Yeah, she is uh, scarred for life because <laughs> this is something that she never forgets. Yeah, it, and it's a, rec- a recurring theme uh, throughout the episode, uh, but it ultimately leads to a positive at the end, but we'll get there when we get there. Then we jump from there to Weiss's funeral. Yeah. Uh, Vic Weiss, <laughs> Vic Weiss's funeral. Uh, we and it's jump- like your your boy has just been murdered, and they pull up Jeannie, Doctor Buzz, Joanne Buzz, and they pull up, you know, as a uniform front, still trying to convince Tark the Shark to come and coach the Lakers. They might as well have on pur- purple and gold <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the funeral. They the were like that, a team. Yeah. yeah, the way that they came in there, um, and the wife was not feeling it at all. Yeah, no one was feeling it. Yeah, yeah, Tark, Tark was a little more subdued, but you could tell he was just, he wasn't trying to have that conversation right there, and Jerry was, yeah. he. Jerry really <laughs> thinks he can just put the moves on anyone. Like, yeah. no one yeah. is safe from his charm. He doesn't care. He's going to try Cholo. You know, let's get some tacos. Maybe I'll get near taco. You know, it's always <laughs> on, the, on the menu for Jerry Buss. Extra but, spicy. I mean, it, it was interesting because definitely it seemed like at the end of last episode with the dead man in the trunk, that, that would have been fine. We could have ended it right there. Like, it doesn't seem like business is continuing. But right. they try to, They I guess they had an agreement, so he's just trying to follow up on that. But, yeah, no tact. And he does get slapped, does he not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh. he does get slapped. Wow. Yeah, that's One it. of the three slaps of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all the slaps happening. All the slaps. So who had the better slap? Rose Weiss or Will Smith or? <laughs> I mean, I, I am a little partial to that grandpa little baby triple slap that the he gave triple him slap. in Atlanta. That was that was a funny one, but you know, I th- I think I think Jerry and and Chris Rock both both showed off their chin game. They took <laughs> those slaps. Chins. We saw some chins. strong chins this weekend. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would I would definitely say that Chris has the strongest chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock the, solid, and, you might say. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll <laughs> we'll have great form. You know, it's a very uh, just fluid motion. You know, Compact, his stance. Yeah, exactly. His stance. He drove was good. his hips. Yeah, exactly. He's just turned the all, heel. <laughs> everything was textbook. Um, his pimp, his pimp hand was strong. You know, kind of sure. like Zastro. <laughs> Definitely, but yeah. the grandpa from Atlanta, it was a little bit more. Uh, there was a lot more flair, I guess I should say. Yeah. To his, to his slaps of the young boy, which I mean, I feel terrible for that young man still. Um, what a journey Larry's. he went on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. L- you mean Larry? Larry. Larry. My bad. <laughs> I don't know how to spell that, so we're gonna call you Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, yeah, that was, what a show. Yo, Jason, you seem to be in distress once you finally watched. <laughs> yeah, I was because it was, you know, I, I forgot about that story. And I, I didn't really realize it until the end when they did, the, uh, when he did the hug or that wasn't at the end, but like towards the middle end of the episode. And I was like, wait, I've seen this before. And then I started yeah. to look it up or whatever. And I remember like kind of being into that whole story because I thought it was so crazy. But you know what? The thing that distressed me the most about that show and that episode in particular was the chicken. Oh <laughs> boy! Over the that was chicken. a crime. Yeah, like ah. that was an absolute crime. The yeah. fact that they called it fried, their technique was just dunk the. And it was all drumsticks too. That was also a faux oh, pas. It was just. It was just awful. She- she dunked the drumsticks in the actual bag of flour. Yep, straight and in. Put it in a microwave. Mistake number one. Yep. Mistake number one. And so when she reached for the microwave, I said, I know you fucking lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just disgusted. Like It didn't get any better. No. And and I just felt bad for the little girl that was trying to eat that little piece. I'm like, oh, yeah. girl, you're going to get s- salmonella or some kind of something. Please don't put that in your mouth. Yes, I felt really bad for those children on uh So I, I heard show. about that story, but I didn't know that there were that many children involved mm-hmm. and that they were all being low-key starved. And so one thing that really stood out in the episode was when um, Loquarius, a.k.a. Larry, asked for hamburger. And they were mm-hmm. like, no. And he was like, well, the dog is eating hamburger. The dog was eating good over there just oh, smacking yeah. it up in his little chair. Yeah, and, yeah, they love you know, that dog. That's how we yeah. do it. That's how the whites do it. You don't know <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. The dogs get the good food. Exactly. We get the yeah. microwave chicken for ourselves. We get the table, literally the table scraps, because there was some scraps on that table. Um, and one yeah. thing, though, I've until maybe like two years ago, I had never really heard of capers. So when oh, Larry yeah. was like, what are capers? I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, avocado and capers. That is just that is fine hey. cuisine. It reminded me when I went over one of my best friend's house. He's white when I was a kid. And, like, they're, like, pretty well-to-do, you know. Um, but they were eating Salisbury steak. And I had never heard of Salisbury steak before. Oh, yeah. And I was okay, like. I've had that. I was <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Like, yep. like, audibly, like, in front of the parents. Like. So, fun story about Salisbury steak. The guy that invented it, which is, for those that don't know, it's basically ground burger meat and gravy that's it and mushrooms in a in a dish the dude invented it after everybody was dying of dysentery in the civil war and he said if you eat salisbury steak every day 
your diet will be right and you won't die of dysentery. So that's what, you know, that's what we were working with in the, the mid 1800s. And that's why we all have Salisbury steak. And then it just became the signature food of cafeterias and frozen dinners for that's had right. a good run there for a while. <laughs> yeah. The Salisbury oh, steak. You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I have some frozen banquet Salisbury steak in the freezer right yeah, now. You do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I do. It's 2022 <laughs> and it's still going. <laughs> Still going yeah, strong. No, I'm not a fan. It's, like, it's it's one of those meals where it's like I'm too tired to do a damn thing. Pop that in the microwave for eight minutes, stir it up, put it in there for another five, serve it with some sides, mm-hmm. and you have something in, on your belly. There you go. Oh, it's wow. done. You got to. Yeah, I have certain I'm, I'm certain foods that's on my list. Uh, alfalfa sprouts. Uh, there are a couple of other things on there. You like alfalfa sprouts, B? You giving me the look like? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it. Okay, yeah, it's it's a it's kind of a white food, but they <laughs> but they have them at Simply Wholesome though, so it's on like it's like a super healthy like item that you wouldn't normally place. It's a very flavorless oh, vegetable, yeah. <laughs> like super flavorless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, my yeah. favorite thing about Atlanta, real quick, was did you guys see the description of the episode on Hulu? I didn't. No. And when the episode started, I saw, but I didn't like go back out because Hulu's whole like, inter- I hate it. Episode one, three slaps. Here's the description. Wow, it's been a minute. I mean, I like this episode about the troubled kid, but we waited 50 years for this. Yeah, I do remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just the perfect tone of the show expressed in the in the description there, like. They know exactly what they're doing. They're throwing us a huge curveball. We don't see Donald till the end. We don't see anybody else till episode two. And it's just a little semi-horror story folktale that Atlanta has gotten so good at. These little diversions that talk about the culture while also kind of being very get-out vibes. As soon as we walked into that house and those poor other (laughs) kids are looking at Larry. The first, the first <laughs> thing he says is, "What is that smell?" Yeah, oh my God. yeah. What is that smell? And immediately, my my brain is like, "Dead body." <laughs> oh yeah. So that was gonna ask, did, what happened to the caseworker lady, social worker? They show her a clipboard outside in the back, but I'm like, are we to believe that she killed her? Yes. Oh, <laughs> That's exactly what they want us to believe. Yeah, Murder. I was like, I, I I just couldn't see her taking down that strong black woman. In that, in that manner, but I guess she probably caught her off guard. Where did they put the body? I don't know. But, yeah, that was, like, the question I, I was left with. Yeah, uh, a lot of people on Twitter were like, the white, so, the, the white social worker shows up to LaQuarius's house with, you know, he has cops, she has cops with her. Mm-hmm. But the black lady shows up to the other family, and she's solo, solo dolo, mm-hmm. left out there yeah. to fend for herself. Right. She should have brought some protection of some sort a gap or something but yeah what did you guys think of the second episode <laughs> Sinterklaas <laughs> Sinterklaas it was just so great to have everybody back I could watch Lakeith Stanfield be Darius for 24 yeah. hours a day like just yeah. give me all of that when he's when he's sitting by the canals with his parasol <laughs> he's just high <laughs> as fuck he's like I love this city <laughs> Yeah, him perfect. in Amsterdam is perfect. That's like yeah. a perfect marriage. Um, perfect fit. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved his coat. His Gucci coat was, was very stylish. The blonde hair. 
I mean, this the weirdness of Atlanta fits perfectly with the weirdness of Lakeith Stanfield. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's a definitely a match made in heaven. Um, I don't really understand the paper boy. Where is he at in his career? Yeah, they Vibe. Earn says at one point that they, that they've been to Europe before. So yeah, I'm like, they, they must have they must have jumped forward. Like, there's yeah. no other. Like, even though the last episode of season two, we're getting on the plane to go to Europe. This mm. isn't that trip. This is right. further on down the line. But I yeah. do love finding him in the amazing, amazingly nice prison cell. Yeah. That's nicer than most hotels I've been to, and he's got the dude adjusting his thermostat and <laughs> setting yeah. him up. <laughs> that was so my favorite good. part of the episode when he's like, "You made Bill," and he's like, "Yeah, that's cool. I'll, I'll just stay here. I'm gonna take a nap." Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> Makes Earn wait for him outside. <laughs> yeah, and I then he, he gets Earn the mo- or Earn gets him the money. He just tosses it immediately in the crowd. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah, my so that's, god. That's how hard he's balling right now. Twenty. 20k euros whatever throw it to my 32 adoring fans waiting on me outside of this <laughs> Helsinki uh, prison yeah but my my favorite part was um when they get to the hotel and he's greeted by the bellman or whoever's like in the hotel with the yep. black face and he's like man get the fuck away from me with that like <laughs> yeah they're just tired at this point of seeing everyone but it all works in Ern's favor at the end of the episode when someone else catches old boy's hands yeah that was crazy i love how it just slowly gets more and more serious with the the blackface like first they see that one kid on the back of the bike or whatever and the driver has the explanation like oh no he's just you know he just went down the chimney that's all <laughs> and Ern says like that's, that's just a slip. pretty mighty excuse yeah. to cover up for his his slave child that he had back <laughs> in the day and then by the end it's the whole crowd at the concert <laughs> yes, it does work to his advantage, and he just he just walks out. But what about uh, what about our other little side mission? We got we got Zazie Beats and Lakeith following Yo. a note they find in a jacket. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't feeling that, man. That that was part of the thing that disturbed me. <laughs> the ho- I'm a huge Tupac fan. The way they played that thing was like, what the fuck is this? Then they played Hail Mary at the end. That was just, that just kind of didn't sit right on my spirit, you know? I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. For I'm all just, of you at home, B is, <laughs> B is really struggling with this one. Yeah. It got to her. Got to her deep. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I hollered. I was laughing so hard. Like, yeah. this these guys really do whatever they want on whatever the show. They want. Like, what so is good. this? Exactly. What is it? I, I love the mythical, the mythical celebrity cameos that we get. Like Mike Vick, of course, mm-hmm. racing people in the parking lot back in the day. Of course, the <laughs> Teddy Perkins episode. Like, they do this stuff where, is it? Isn't it? Who is it? I don't know. Could be. Right. Might be Tupac. Kind of looks like him. And then right. they finish it off with that absurd device. <laughs> you get the what countdown the going that? off. <laughs> that was some Quentin Tarantino level device. Oh, yeah. Surprise action. I was just stunned. You know what it kind of reminded me of? I don't know if you guys seen the movie. Uh, fuck. Is it? No, it's not Savages. What, I've never seen no, Fuck. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a uh, goddamn The Counselor. 
Have you guys seen the counselor? The counselor, no. Okay. When you get a chance, go watch the Brad Pitt death scene from the counselor. So he so dies just, in the movie. Okay. Mark it down. Spoiler yes. alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. The movie is kind of shitty. It's based on the Cormac McCarthy novel. Who he he uh, was the inspiration for um, No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of novels that kind of have that same tone and style. It's like a kind of Coen Brothers type of thing. But this is a Ridley Scott adaptation of his novel. Ridley Scott is generally a really good filmmaker, but he is also known for the occasional like big dud and, oh yeah uh, this, this is one of them and uh but the bradley bradley brad pitt that's that scene uh is so jarring that that was the only thing that i could compare this what i call the euthanasia machine that they have oh, yeah. where he's gasping for his life mm. on this deathbed and uh there's a plastic <laughs> latex sheet preventing him from breathing taking yeah, those his life curtains away became latex all of a sudden in time to do their job that was great right yeah. oh tucked my God. into the bed yeah that was that was scary that's that's the stuff nightmares are made of but it's just <laughs> exciting to have this show back it is yeah. still doing elite stuff and i'm excited to see the rest of this season they are they're doing season three and four at the same time so we should get season four not too much later from this but oh okay i did not know that then it's over right and then it's over for good. This is the end of Atlanta. Donald Glover doesn't want to be tied down anymore, folks. <laughs> He's got too much stuff he wants to do. But back to winning time. We're at a funeral. Jerry Buss just got smacked in the face and told to keep his wife's name out his fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> then what happened, Jay? Then he gets the call from Bill Sharman the next day, presumably, that Tark is out and... Uh, we see Jack McKinney, uh, but we also get our first glimpse of Jerry's, it's not a black book, it's a brown photo album, but yes. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing um, because it just, it makes you realize how far along we are in technology, you yeah. know, <laughs> and like, it's like at Facebook. the time, yeah, exactly. At the time, he's got Instagram in his lap. Like, yeah, he's he really good. does. You know? Yeah, so he's he's got his his book with all his his ladies, his bimbos, as a uh, his mom will call him, and uh, yeah, he's just scrolling through like, who should I hit up? Who should I take out? Because he's stressed out, you know. He lost <laughs> yeah. out on this Tark deal. He's got a he's got to blow off some steam. He's doom scrolling. He's doom scrolling. Yeah, he's <laughs> so, he's desperate. Gets interrupted yeah. by his daughter. Yeah, does a really poor job of hiding the black book. Mm -hmm. And just leaves it for act three of this episode to come into play. That's right. We get our first shot of Jack running, though. Jack loves to run. That's apparently. what he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The McKinney yeah, Mile. Is that what they called it later <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his wife, she knows what he's on. He likes to kind of run away from, I guess, his issues. And she sees it a facade. She's like, he's just pretty much afraid to fail. He has a perfect, so-called perfect Laker squad. And if mm -hmm. they don't win at all, it's kind of like, I suck as a coach. That he, he gave a good line right there, too. He said, she was talking to him about it. He said, that's the problem. It's perfect. That's the problem with the team. It's perfect. Yeah. So basically, if I fuck it me. up, <laughs> yeah, if I fuck it up, then I really can't do shit. Was the same issue that Jerry West had. Mm -hmm. He was like, I, if right. it doesn't work, 
Yeah, but if it doesn't work, the pressure of having this perfect team, then I fucking suck. It's me. It's not them. Shout out to Julia Nicholson, who plays Jack McKinney's wife. She was just in Mayor Easttown, little HBO recycling program action. But I do need to ask both of you. Her name is Claire, but her nickname is Cranny. <laughs> Can either of you break this down to me, how we got to the nickname Cranny? Have you ever heard this before? Does it make any sense? Nope. Never in no. my life. So wait, you're saying that McKinney's wife, her yeah. nickname is Cranny? Her, he yeah. calls her he Cranny, calls her cranny. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. Should probably do some research on that. It's unflattering. I'm, I hope that <laughs> nickname stayed in the 70s. I don't need yeah. that in 2022. That's interesting. But then we get to uh, Paul Westhead. We're introduced to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's listening to Shakespeare on an audiobook or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in his office by himself. And then I guess the principal or I don't know. if Is he at a college or a high it school? It seemed like I, a college. Okay. Maybe the dean. Yeah, LaSalle. right. Oh, he's, he's at LaSalle. A, yeah, and he's the assistant uh, professor. And he's miserable as fuck. Yeah. Whoever walks in, you know, talking some grading shit he doesn't want to hear that phone rings and it's jack on the other line and he quits immediately kisses him mm -hmm. on the forehead i guess I, I can't remember what the man asked him he was like so are are we done here and he says fucking a right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we out peace yeah. we do get that little character development thing of paul westhead's not giving out any a's so you know that he's a right. uh, he's a tough tough cookie he's a hard here. Ass. Yeah. He expects the best. And we also get that photo of him with Jack McKinney from back in the day. They used to hoop together. Paul yep. West had also guarded Jerry West his junior year. And Jerry yeah. West has no idea who he is, so that didn't go too well for him. <laughs> well, Jerry West said that he did. Uh, he remembered he his number because he did yeah, a yeah. bad Remember the number. Yeah. yeah, he said you're 32. So he remembers something about him. But then they pull up to Palm Springs. Well, before they pull up to Palm Springs, we get a nice little driving montage. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Everybody ripping through the desert. That was fun. I was trying to see who was in what car. Magic was in the Stingray, driven by some young unnamed lady. No, it's our <laughs> it's our friend from from, from uh, Lansing. From back home. That's oh. With the car dealership, who's who's nursing at, at UCLA. She's like, I right. got the week off of school. I right. stay. And he said, nah, it's all right. You go home. <laughs> uh, Storm and Norman was pushing the Porsche. I don't know what kind of car Coop was in, but it was broke down on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his lady is laying on the ground. <laughs> yep, under, doing all the work. fix it. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. It's a catch Coop. right there. That's what that we is. Both, we would both be sitting there together in a hot-ass <laughs> car because I'm not going out there to fix shit. You figure it out. And he's just Big whining guy. the whole time, too. Yeah, he's just complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he used to work at Savon, which is funny because I think we were talking about shit that used to be there last week, like department stores and shit. Savon was what CVS used to be mm -hmm. because we don't have Savon anymore. And then Kareem was riding shotgun. Icing uh, his knees yeah, at the same time. Yeah, that detail. Squ squalls in <laughs> whatever that little coop was. That was not know. a good fit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, a okay. with the white girl. Oh, Yeah, I that was. I was surprised. I was like, okay. Hmm. 
But that was a thing back in the day, and they kind of make fun of it in uh, Don't Be a Menace. And, I mean, they do make fun of it time to time of just, like, you know, these over-righteous uh, black dudes who end up dating white girls. <laughs> it is a uh, common trope. And, uh, you know, Kareem was one of them, especially the Hollywood guys, guys who are in Los Angeles. That's a very popular thing, i.e. Kanye West and so on and so <laughs> forth. But, <laughs> yeah, so... We go from the uh, car montage to Jerry or Jack and Paul walking into the the hotel. Paul is still on his Shakespearean vibes. He says, "True hope is swift and flies with swallows' wings." It's a little Shakespearean poetry, iambic pentameter. He's got rocking right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And uh, and Jack just. He's ready to get down to business, man. Yeah. All Jack cares about is getting in the gym, getting these guys in the gym, teaching his offense, and writing writing down plays on pieces of paper, and that's it. I mean, they're at this pool party, this you know welcome event that Jerry has put on for everyone, and Jack is like, "Look, I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to go." Jerry West is like, "What do you mean? Like, you know, let's let the players, you know, get settled in, and you can meet them fresh in the morning." But no, Jack's ready to get straight to work. Get straight to it. You know what? And I was looking at this and looking at how everyone was dressed. We're at a pool party and then, you know, the executives, I guess you want to call them. Everyone is like super dressed up. What is this about like men and fashion where no matter what the occasion is, being in a suit is just considered like, like, what is that? Like, you don't take weather into consideration? We're in Palm Springs. That's soft, B. You can't be out here sweating. (laughs) <laughs> I think a lot of it is uh, body type. And I think, like, guy, most guys who wear suits all the time aren't really in the best, like, physical shape. And, like, suits hide your body really well. It's like a... Well, Dr. Buss does not give a damn. No. Yeah, it's like... A, no, yeah, all these guys don't give a damn. You know, like... And it's funny because we see a lot of Pat Riley, who's known for wearing suits all the time. But we, I mean, he started in a suit. But now he's definitely, like... He looks like a kid from Venice Beach. He's just like got on <laughs> yeah. shorts and high socks, <laughs> like you know. Um, so yeah, it's funny to see the way uh, all these guys dress in there. I mean, they're all glorified PE teachers, and they dress like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. So then we move from from that. Oh, Magic comes in with with his chick. Coop's got his girl, and Magic is starting some trouble. You know. <laughs> Magic Mag- gonna be magic, okay? <laughs> yeah. It seems like all the ladies can smell it from a mile away, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. It seems like they all know what magic is about, what he's on, and they don't want their man spend too much time around magic if it's not hoops involved. So, yeah. So, you know, magic and Coop are, I guess they're bunked up. Pat pulls up on them, and this is the first time magic and Pat have an interaction. And magic, and magic remember- recognizes him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jason. Last episode, you gave us a good mm-hmm. recap. You educated the folks on what Pat Riley's history was in the in college basketball, mm-hmm. and um, Magic remembers him being dunked on. Okay, by, by Big, Big Daddy, Daddy D. D. Okay, yeah. that's one hell of a yep. name to, of someone. If you get dunked on by yeah. someone, and then you find out his name, he goes by Big Daddy D. That yeah, oh, that's gotta yeah, hurt. That's yeah. tough. Especially yeah. when it's like the first all-black team in NCAA <laughs> history. It's not yeah. the, probably not the one you want to get dunked on by. But I do love yeah. how they turned Pat Riley into a glorified towel boy. 
in this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. They're like, what do you do here? Uh, you know, I'm the assistant commentator and also, t- like, a third-string <laughs> team manager. <laughs> Yeah. No, he said the a, travel, a travel, travel secretary. secretary. Travel yeah. secretary. What is that? Oh what man, is that? we just found. He just out wanted to be down. What happens? <laughs> but he's he's around the team, which is great. I love I love that we're gonna watch him flourish. And yeah, it's it's time to time to break down some game film with mm-hmm. Coach McKinney. Look, McKinney wasted no time. Roll the tape. Let's go. Your offense is trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to be Jerry West sitting there watching your game footage of the of the plays that you put together that the guys are running, that has to be oh, how would that make you feel? You see him breaking out and telling the team like, uh, we're not gonna do this shit no more. No, that had to break his heart, right? Like if somebody's <laughs> just telling you, pointing out your shit, like, yeah, this is that's whack. We're not gonna do that. Mm-mm, that shit don't work. Like, this you know, took 19 seconds. Like, yeah, he just did there. Seconds. <laughs> He's like, yeah, uh-uh. And then, you know, of course, like, Kareem's got to be the one to, like, you know, he's cap. So he, he wants to be the one to tell him, like, okay, well, this looks like street ball. Like, this isn't no innovation. Yep. This isn't nothing mm-hmm. special. You the know? old head. Yeah. That's right. I read, While I magic read is in the back. <laughs> Yeah. While Magic is in the back smiling like, hell yeah, this is my type of game right here. Yeah, but I love that scene. I could have used one more scene of Jerry West where we figure out exactly what his role is here. Because mm-hmm. he's very involved in greeting Jack and being there. Everybody seems cool with it. Is he, does he have, is he like an assistant GM? You know, is he an assistant coach? What's the deal? It's He's just handling the transition, which is pretty weird for someone who supposedly resigned. But I don't <laughs> think he feels too bad about his plays getting carved up because he he's respects McKinney for, like, the strategy that he's bringing and stuff. For sure. What would you guys think of this scene? It was good. I love the, I love the, the, the tape. I love the actual footage. It looked air, – that one looked more air-appropriate than anything. Because mm-hmm. it was all black and white, and like the camera angle was all weird in that, but <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, yeah, they milk the clock. That's that's not the way we yeah. play basketball these days, right? And it it reminded me of like Adam McKay style in The Big Short, mm-hmm. where it's like they break into, you know, like this whole other world of trying to explain something to the layman person who uh-huh. is watching this you know it's like they do that a few times in the big short trying to explain financial things and so when he's explaining basketball and the speed of which is played and how comparing it to classical music the style in which is played now and then comparing what he wanted to do to jazz i thought that was really dope um yeah shout out to coach thorpe and his book (laughs) basketball is jazz yeah sure he was a little inspired by this episode yeah he says what seems or sounds like chaos is actually the symphony of Mother Nature. That was a dope line I liked in that scene because he was comparing a lot of it to like the flight of birds and butterflies and other things that you know may seem chaotic on a small micro level, but once you zoom out, it's uh, it's done with intention and purpose. Yeah, so. it's harmonious. It's harmonious chaos. And so we we go to Magic delivering his uh, orange juice and oh, newspaper boy. to Kareem. 6 a.m. sharp. And, this ain't no paper. <laughs> the L.A. Times. <laughs> I want a real paper. What do you guys think he meant by that? 
New York Times, I guess. I don't know. I thought he meant the final call. <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of. Because it's like, what? yeah, what else could he... The post? I don't know. <laughs> like, he doesn't I don't know. Or just whatever it was, he was going to be pissed no matter what. Because he's a right, grumpy yeah. old man. It's hella grumpy. But Magic is not bothered by this. He is not going to back down. He is going to keep that enthusiasm up. He's going to come back the next day with better juice, a better paper, a bigger smile. And he's going to eventually wear this bitter old man down. <laughs> so... I like how your guy has um, a closed practice and Jerry West is just like, oh, that means I can't be here either. Okay. He makes his way out and he's trying to listen from the outside where we get to see, um, you know, Magic and Norm and uh, Mr. Cooper do their thing, but it's just chaos. At this point, it's chaos. It's not harmonious chaos yet, but I really love how we went into animation and got to just see Magic just be this happy. And Magic, he just has this vision that everything is going to be all good. He's going to be getting all the ladies. But at the same time, he's thinking about how he's such a giver. And we get a you know a nice flashback to him being Get very it. generous <laughs> as Astros. Mm -hmm. But um, you know he's just fantasizing about being this point guard. I really enjoyed the animation. Yeah, that was dope. Because they also needed, they're, I don't say they're running out, but they're giving us different styles of showing basketball being played. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we've all like remarked on how difficult it is to portray basketball being played on film. Yeah. It's very difficult to do. So I think the animation was actually a good way for them to go about it because, you know, they wanted to give us a different spin on it. And obviously there was a lot of uh, playfulness in the language they were using. Magic was saying his passes are like Cupid's arrows, that basketball turns into an arrow. So, you know, they, there was a lot of uh, Delivers poetry. it to the heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's a giver, right? So, yeah. Right. We, uh, but yeah, I, I think to... they're going to have a lot of, I think they're going to have issues with the basketball scenes. That's just <laughs> what it felt yeah. like to me after this episode because this was the first you know, I know it's supposed to be bad, but it's our first five-on-five five with what's supposed to be the Lakers. So it was definitely giving me a little bit of pause. I still want to see it. I still want to see the game footage. But this is a show that's going to be about off the court. They're going to focus mostly on that. And then it'll be interesting to see how they do really important big games, you know, that went a certain way. That's what I'm curious about. Right. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> When he did the no-look pass. I didn't I didn't like the way that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't look right. No. It just, it just like it was, appeared. Yeah. Yeah. I was weird. like, that didn't come across the way you guys wanted it to. They got our guy Ron Boone. Jaquan Cole is oh is it yeah, sorry. Edwin Hodge is Ron Boone. He's Aldous Hodge's brother. Aldous Hodge was Dr. Dre and straight out of Compton. Oh shit. Um, but yeah, he was he was a familiar face. He's the old vet on the team and he's got we see a lot of his upper penis area when there's Listen, a locker I, room <laughs> okay i just i was like debating whether or not i was going to address this i i feel like there may be some kind of racial bias when it comes to penises on hbo not that i say i need to see a black penis i don't need to see any penis but i feel like, like if that was a room full of white guys they would all their dicks would be on they'd TV. all be hanging dong yeah yeah i, I, I see what 
why did we get the D'Angelo V on everybody? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Somebody needs to look into this, you know? I'm going to be uh, real. The first time I saw just penises all over the screen on HBO, I was like a preteen teenager, I guess, watching Any Given Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this is <laughs> like, my young eyes was like, oh, shit. But yeah, they didn't they didn't go there on this episode. It's it's inch by inch. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the game of inches. Jason, Jason, if you're missing out on on dicks, if you want to see a whole bunch of dicks, check out HBO's newest show, Minx. Oh, I haven't seen Minx. Which is pretty that- good. It's Jake Johnson, and it's about a feminist magazine that they, that a woman wants to start, and the way she does it is by working with a porn mag. And you publisher. say that's called what? That's it's called, called Minx. M-I-N-X. Yes. Put that down. Let me take Be, a note. Get that down, written down nice and clear. Yes. They have a, they have a dick montage in episode <laughs> one. Awesome. So get right into it. Also, Aldous Hodge was MC Ren in Straight Outta Compton. My apologies. Oh, not, not, yeah, I was going to say it was uh, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre was uh, somewhere to see. I can't think of his name. But anyway. Do you identify as crypto curious? If you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Cryptocurrency might feel like a secret exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. Sign up at Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offers for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. We get uh, Claire and Jeannie, mm-hmm. and we get introduced to what will be the Forum Club and the Laker Girls, but first we get Slam Duck. Yeah. <laughs> Your boy Lon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great <Detroit> ideas. <laughs> yeah. How'd you Incredible guys feel about idea. Slam Duck? <laughs> oh, terrible, terrible. They yeah. could have kept that under the table. <laughs> right. The duck costume was better. You might have my interest. I'll just say that. If they brought him out and he did a slam duck every every game, <laughs> I'd be into that. But <laughs> costume was lacking. They needed that Howard the Duck technology. You're right. right. Uh, but what what did you guys think first about Mama Bus coming in and you know talking about all the financial woes of Jerry? She's just she's piling it on, right? We we found out about this three million dollar balloon loan, and now she's gotta tell him you know what this is this serious we're raising the stakes but you know what b something tells me that our guy jerry bust is gonna figure this one out i think he's gonna (laughs) figure this one out and i think that's gonna be all in the past not too long so i'm not really tripping about that (laughs) the um what i got from that and i guess also all the women in this episode 
they're all the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. <laughs> the mom, Jeannie, the wife or the ex-wife, Claire, Cookie. Uh, oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're all, all the women uh, who have, uh, and, and even Jack's wife, right? Um, right, yeah. Yeah, they're all the voice Jack's of reason. Jack's wife, Pat's wife. I mean, yeah. Jerry West's wife wants to make a baby. She hasn't really lectured him. Yeah, yet, I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't qualify. Not gonna include Jerry. her with that, but yes, <laughs> yeah. you're right, definitely. Yeah, so that's just the vibe that I get. It's, I mean, from the female characters in general, but definitely in this particular episode, I was like, yeah, all these guys are frolicking around <laughs> this uh, training camp area, and they and, need the ladies to set them straight. And yo, and how dare Cookie try to hold Magic accountable? Like, good luck. <laughs> Good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, we kind of see how that ended up. Yeah, he but said, We ain't friends. You just some chick I used to hit. Used to hit. Oh, Oof. word. Ooh. That stung. That stung me. Yeah, but I was like, rough. Where the fuck did that come from? That escalated quickly. Yeah, Magic just doesn't like being uh, held accountable. B, he wants what he wants. All right. That's, and he wants to be able to call her at any, at any time of day and night. And dump all of his problems on her and get her advice and pretty much give her nothing in return. Well, he really didn't like what he heard about guys who he thought were his friends that were saying stuff behind his back. He thought he understood the relationship that he had with these guys, and he was confronted with that reality pretty harshly by Cookie, and he kind of didn't know how to process that. And he also, he was just living in denial, though. Yeah, he was. He was. Like, he, which he, you know, he, he just thinks that because he smiles and, you know, charms everybody that everybody likes him. And that he's, which he's talented and a winner that people will just continue just to be on his side and to love yep. him. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you want their love so much? What is that? Mm-hmm. Might be might be because he needs the love of his mother who denies it to him. Wow. Therapy oh. Jason. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> you got to sit magic down on the... Uh, on Jason's on couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we get back to some hoops. We got an A and B squad in the in the gym. The guys are trying to run the place. It's it was funny watching uh Jack how he treated Kareem versus how he treated everybody else. Yep. Yeah. I love <laughs> when I love when Kareem slows everything down and hits the shot and Jack just looks at him and Kareem says, That's a sky hook. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the skyhook looks like. This is what I do. And then, you know, he makes a good point, which is like, all right, Kareem, we know you can do that. Like, we, you've done it a long time. Let's try and work on everything else. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, <laughs> the toughest, toughest positions to be in during these practices is, is Ron Boone, who's old as fuck and useless, and Adrian Dantley, who just wants to get a contract and, and work out of the post. Those two dudes are not going to be long for this world. It's about to be Michael Cooper time, and hopefully his wife won't have to fix their car anymore because they'll oh. get on the works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Jamal Wilkes was over there, too. He just wanted to stand in his corner, man. Like, yeah. And <laughs> take his corner three. Um, or long two, as they yeah, were. Probably a long two. Probably like <laughs> a 18-foot baseline yeah. shot. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Magic got called a smiley ass bitch, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, the trash talk <laughs> between him and Norm is great. I love that. And then at the end, yeah. what they put him on the same team, which is, which they're yeah. still talking shit, even though they're on the same team. So yeah. it's pretty yep. dope. I like I like all that. 
I like the scene between Riles and uh, Jerry West when Jerry's trying to stand at the door, listen to the the practice, and uh, and Riles is like, "This is a video camera." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go and watch the tape, and yeah. and what does Jack accuse him of being uh, having spies later? He's like, "How do you get yeah. that?" Yeah, that was great. But yeah, the guys are upset with the practices. Yeah, they're not they enjoying all them. show up to Jerry West's room, ready to yeah. complain. Until one of them is not, all of a sudden he <laughs> Norm, changes the tune. Norm. Norm, Norm becomes the scab of the group. He breaks the ranks. <laughs> Goes on the other side of the picket line. Is like, I don't know, guys. It might actually be good. We got to try this shit out. <laughs> and then um, Claire comes to meet Dr. Buss as he's uh, chowing the, down on some, lo- <laughs> some lobster tails. What the hell is Jerry doing? He's in his man hammock banana hammock <laughs> he's getting down on lobster in the desert yeah in he the good. 70s where yeah. the hell did he get that lobster from and then yeah it's just like jerry this is it's business time man like is this how you do business apparently okay. yeah. apparently he absolutely yeah. does no i love suit the, for uh, him b he's not <laughs> suited up yeah claire but, uh, claire covers that <laughs> Claire's still in Jeannie's line. Uh, Disneyland meets the Playboy Club at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And she left out one part. And, of course, Jerry threw it in for her. He's like, throw in a little Hollywood Bowl and we got something. So right. basically, basically showing Jeannie knows exactly what her dad wants. Yep. S- disturbingly so. <laughs> she does know exactly what her dad is about. Unfortunately. And so he... Uh, He's got to get the butter off of him. Yeah. (laughs) Jumps in the water and he's underwater like, fuck. He's just trying to escape the reality of what's happening. He he was was asking her how much money they could make in a year, right? And so he's obviously well, like 1.2 million or something like that. Well short of the 3 million he needs in a couple months. And when he runs and jumps in the pool, he's saying fuck underwater because of the money. But for a second there, I thought it was because he fucked up his hair. <laughs> his hair's all floating up. Aquanet is just saw, gone. We, we yeah. saw last episode how long it takes him to get this shit together. So at first I thought it was his hair, but then I was like, oh, no, it's probably the millions of dollars. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Equally he looks important. like the guy, yeah. He's yeah. a guy who, yeah, both, both messes with him. And then, you know, his ex-wife comes through. She decided to sign the paperwork and to help him with this financial crisis that he's going through. But when she pulls up on him, he has a hottie, you know, messing with him, asking about, you know, do you really own this place? He's like, yeah, every inch. Every inch. <laughs> as, his, as, his pan- <laughs> as his pants were unbuckled when, when he's talking to his wife and she dresses him down but lets him know that, hey, I've done all the dirty work. Sign the paper. Everything you need is there. Your your daughter came through for you. And yeah, it's just giving us a little view of how Jeannie is wheeling and dealing and making shit happen. Yeah. Shout out to Jeannie Bus. She said, uh, his wife says that Jeannie showed up like the Avon lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh a my good gosh. old late 70s reference. These reference. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, so Jerry's pants fall down. Yeah, he said, I will always choose this family. Stands up, pants just hit the floor. It's like, come on, guy. Jack is sitting Indian style at center court. So he's got this whole spiritual thing that he's 
got with basketball where he's basically comparing it to a monk's meditation throughout the episode and you know his enlightenment comes when he's able to implement his system and the basketball flows as he believes it truly should like a river and not like a pebble in the river oh i thought so, it was because yeah. he was listening to dua lipa <laughs> started levitating maybe i mean perhaps a, perhaps time traveler dua lipa <laughs> right. I mean, time is a flat circle, so, you yeah. know. Exactly. Um, now you're on my so level. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to his chagrin, Jerry comes in to let him know it's not all peaches and cream. All the guys showed up in his room, and they, they're not feeling his swag. So basically the next practice is open, and they want to come and see, you know, what he's been up to. How do you feel about this, though, Jerry's saying you can't change it all right away, and Jack's saying we we can't start the season like it needs to be this way from jump. Like, do do you think that the Lakers could evolve over time, or and that he needs to cater to them a little bit more? Or do you think that his hard ass ways are the way to go? For me, I just thought he was trying to get these guys in shape. The way that they showed up and they're complaining about running is like, what, are you guys athletes or what? I just really thought it was it was whack for them for the guys to complain about conditioning. It's training camp. What are you talking about? Like, what are yeah, you guys used to? Dusted by a fifty-five-year-old man and yeah. <laughs> outdoor mile runs. Yeah, they should be faster than that for sure. Yeah, that was embarrassing for the whole team. Yeah, they needed better conditioning, and I think Jack was right on in ha- having that assessment of we need to start with this new system. So, you know, yeah. there's no there's no wavering. We don't need, mm-hmm. you know, them to feel, oh, are we is the boat can we turn the boat around and go back in the other direction? No. This is the way the ship is going and onward ho. So yeah, he said it's human nature to resist change. That was his comeback to Jerry. Yeah. When they were uh, It's true. Change is very hard. Yep. No one likes it really. Not at all. So Well Cranny Pep Talk gets him back <laughs> on track after yeah. a little desert run to a phone booth. And Magic is juicing the oranges himself. He's ready. He just wants Kareem to take one sip of juice this time. He's got. He gonna love this juice. He gonna love this juice. He didn't love <laughs> the juice. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he didn't love the he juice. hates it. Yeah, he's like, damn, what the fuck is wrong with this nigga? <laughs> uh, Magic ain't feeling him. It's like, what? Yeah. What can I do to break through to this guy? Magic yeah. searching for that love from everyone. Yep, Especially validation. Now, B, do you think that that line was appropriate for how niggas spoke at that time? I can't. I can't tell you. I wish yeah. I knew. Like, did, did I'm I just really saying, just as a just as a black person, do you feel like niggas it, was? It felt very modern. <laughs> it felt real modern, right? Yes. Like I don't, I don't think feel they were like really talking about it like that. Maybe like, nah. He's jiving right now. Yeah, it was some jive. It was some jive in there. The the fuck is wrong with this nigga? It's so 2022. (laughs) The way that sentence comes out, like I'm not saying that niggas didn't say stuff like that. It was just worded to today. Yeah, that was an ad lib. The black historians are furious. (laughs) Black historian Twitter not having it. (laughs) So then we go back to practice. And Ron Boone and Magic get get into it. Well, actually, they they have a good practice. Yep. Right, Jerry, 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 um, 
and Bill come to the practice and check it out. They're pleased. Uh, basically, Jack is setting all this up to unveil his plan to everybody of putting Norm at the two. And basically them sharing kind of point guard duties, but Magic really running the point. Yep. And, you know, that's how He said, who is running went. point? He says, whoever has the ball. I like that. Mm -hmm. This is back in the days before there was more than ever one lead guard or ball handling guard. It's, it was yeah. so strict, the definition of the roles. But, yeah, then we get a whole bunch of alley-oops. Just an alley-oop montage, lots of dunks. Everybody's going crazy, except for Ron Boone. He's not feeling it. And At then all. Magic says, I am a rookie, but I ain't no bitch. That's right. That was my line <laughs> yeah. right there. I like that. Yeah. And look, camp goes well for Cooper. Mm -hmm. Oh, big, big camp for Cooper. Absolutely. Yeah. He was mm -hmm. afraid he wasn't even going to make the team, and here he is running with the ones, which doesn't totally make sense because he's also a two-guard, but whatever. We'll move on from that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He just became the guy that, that fit in with everybody else. And, yeah, he's almost got our lineup, guys. When he, he walks outside to his lady, she looking like, damn, didn't get it. Like, she had no faith. She didn't yep. look like, did you get it? Like, any glimmer mm -hmm. of hope. She was just no. like, fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, she's she's fixing the cars. She's probably making the money. She's keeping the house clean. She's. She's thinking yeah. about maybe cutting bait on Michael Cooper at this you point. You know what it reminds me of? Like, guys trying to make it in rap these days. Mm. <laughs> She's holding everything down while he chases yep. the dream. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's, it's not as much of a sure thing to be an NBA player as it was as it is now. Definitely. Right. Yeah, she was at home making the Salisbury steak, and he was, <laughs> it was unsure. There was a lot of uncertainty <laughs> coming back. Oh my God. <laughs> Toiling long and hard over that Salisbury steak. Who's yeah. kitchen? Yeah. Shout out to <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. There yes. Go. And then we get to go back to the forum where Claire and the team has Jerry Buzz sitting down. They get to tell him their ideas about how we're going to get the people feeling good up in the forum. Mm -hmm. The forum is yeah. going to be an escape, and we're selling them a fantasy. Yeah, the well, fantasy of being Jerry Buss Jerry himself, Bussy. which was a funny <laughs> yeah. little addition to that. Yeah, I love that. I love that little scene where she comes, she brings Jerry's book. Uh, this is our second book stealing scene for those oh, keeping yeah. score at home. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and yeah, she she drops, plops it on her desk, and first Claire is appalled, and then intrigued, and <laughs> then they bring their. Uh, 1979 PowerPoint presentation yep. to center center court. Some good dramatic lighting in the middle of yeah. the forum. Yeah, and then we get not the show name <laughs> in the episode. I look. I'm gonna beat this joke to death. We're gonna do this every episode. But yes. yeah. what the hell are they thinking? Like they they just want to keep reminding us that they yeah. didn't name the show right. What? I'm sure they had every intention of naming this Showtime. And once yeah. it was all done, it's time to get it to HBO. HBO was like, fuck off. No, we're not doing it. Give right. us another name. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yep. <laughs> Jerry's just sitting there at half court, and he says, it's Showtime, which is not the title of the show. The show is called Winning Time, but it is the title of our podcast. 
That's right. So yeah. maybe we need to clip Jerry here saying it's showtime. Showtime. That yeah, that's the show intro. Intro. Yeah. Somehow, we'll do yeah. that. But how we feeling? We are we out of training camp? Is it time for the regular season? Is it time for the full experience? Are we gonna get the forum popping? Are we gonna get the Laker girls? Is it all going down? Look, we're no. halfway through winning time, <laughs> and we're just finishing up training camp. Yep. I think the pace is is pretty cool so far because I'm sure we're not getting a lot of basketball footage like you said Maze. like we're not about to get that but I think it's a really about to turn up I'm cool with how the pace is going so far I'm ready to get the Laker girls out there I'm ready to see some fast-paced basketball and I want to see more of of our guy um, Pat Riley yeah, yeah I think I think Pat's gonna be skulking around the the outskirts of everybody like he was in this i think that's going to be his role for a little while longer here like but he's, yeah. he's he's building a relationship with everyone because when the scuffle broke out in practice they show him going out to kind of mediate mm-hmm. and make sure the guys are good so he's building a, a relationship with everyone and i think that's really important to like to put in there i'm glad they didn't edit that part out like i want yeah. to see more of pat building this relationship with everyone yeah i feel like well just knowing what the story is, <laughs> we're going to get a lot more Jason Siegel. Oh, who yeah. Was introduced mm-hmm. as Paul Westhead yeah. uh, this episode. And that'll be interesting to see how they develop his character because honestly, he he's kind of boring. The, the characteristics they gave him in the episode, I, I mean, especially compared to Jack, who's supposed to be a boring person, but he's kind of has a di- dynamic arc on the show so far. I'm interested to see how they're going to make Paul Westhead, who will spoiler alert be the head coach of the lakers um for a couple seasons how they're gonna make him an interesting character for us to follow yeah they turned him into your classic angry nerd you know who's just too smart for his own good and kind of socially awkward but you know i'm a i'm a big jason siegel fan i i like his work a lot so i have a feeling that he'll he'll bring this along but yeah i mean I th- all the pieces are in place, man. Like every character that they've brought onto the team, like I guess we probably could use a little more depth to like Michael Cooper and Adrian Dantley and Jamal Wilkes and stuff. But I feel like yeah. I have enough of a sense of them just from the interactions with the rest of the team. Like this is all set up very well through four episodes, and I'm excited to continue to see random little moments like between Pat Riley and Jerry West or between Jerry West and, and Paul Westhead or between Coop and, and Magic. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of dynamics that are at play. You know, I would say Kareem is still probably the most reserved. Like, I'm still yeah. waiting for Kareem to really get going. But this is just, you know, it's so fun, man. This is such a fun show. Yeah, definitely. So, that's it. That's all we got on Showtime, the podcast about winning time based on the book Showtime which airs Sunday nights on HBO not Showtime and also a little bit of Atlanta sprinkled in a couple slaps for all of you <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for Bethany Anderson Jason Madison I'm Anthony Mays we'll see you next time This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.